This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, September 2nd, 2019, also known as Labor Day. I am Dave Biddle, joined by Bill Bank-Green. Bank, thanks for your time on a holiday, my friend. Hey, glad to be here, Dave. All right, let's talk about Ohio State's win over Florida Atlantic in the season opener, 45-21. to Just obviously they got to the hot start, 28 to nothing before you could even blink. They kind of went into sleep mode after that, Bank. But just your general impressions of Ohio State's opener. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty typical for an opener in that you get about everything, and I think that happened across the country, you know, this weekend. It's so different in college. You know, the high schools have three scrimmages before they open up, NFL four preseason games before they open up. They also do a lot of scrimmages where NFL teams will get together for joint practices. You don't have any of that in college. You know, you, you go against your teammates every day for a month, And then you go out and play a game, and it's so different. It's a different dynamic than what you get in high school or NFL. And I think you saw the gamut of that in the Ohio State game. I mean, that first quarter is about as as beautiful a football as a team can play, to be honest with you. You know, and then after that, man, it was just a mixed bag all across the board. But, you know, you saw in that first quarter, I think, you know, hopefully what this team can be, you know, as they progress down the season. I was impressed with Justin Fields. I know like the defense was very, very bad in the first quarter. They adjusted, um, but I thought I thought he looked good. We won't know, you know, a lot about him until he faces a better defense, obviously. But just your impressions of Justin Fields, the way he looked. Dave, you know me a long time, and you know, I, I mean, it almost seems like I look at things differently than a lot of other people. And I don't know if that means I don't know what I'm talking about half the time, or but I was sitting with a group of people, and of course, they all went berserk in the first quarter. And, you know, he, he was not pressured in the first quarter at all. FAU looked like they didn't know who to cover or how to cover people. Guys were wide open. I mean, you can, you and I can make those throws. If nobody's hitting us in the chest and nobody's covering our dudes, I think we can throw it 30 yards and hit the guy. I mean, that's, that's pitch and catch. That's like warm-ups. Well, everybody was going crazy over the first quarter. I was like, okay, I mean, I don't know that Chris Chuganoff couldn't have done that. Well, the second quarter was when I was more impressed with Justin because the O-line took the quarter off, decided not to block anymore, and he got hit. I mean, there were some free runs at him where he had to evade people um, and and still make throws. And the second quarter was probably more like what we're going to see in the fourth quarter of the Wisconsin game or the third quarter of the Michigan game. You know, it's not pitch and catch seven on seven when you get into the meat of the schedule. So 
I was more impressed with him in the second quarter when he had to evade people, when he had to make throws with someone bearing down on him. And you know you're about to get a helmet in the ribs, and you've got to step in and make that throw. So I loved what I saw in the second quarter because he was under a lot of pressure, and he had to do things under some heat. And the first quarter, you're never going to see a repeat of that again this year. I mean, football's not played like that. So um, I love what Justin Fields did. He's the most important player on the team. I mean, can you imagine if he would have went out and gacked it up and went four for 19 with three interceptions, what the mood would be like today? They still would have won, but my gosh, you would be in total panic. Instead, you see a guy that's accurate, that can run, that can, you know, he got rid of the ball quickly, made good decisions. So, you know, A-plus for Justin for, you know, week one. Those are great points about Fields. I mean, he he really can take a lick and keep on ticking. I mean, he, he took a good shot, as you mentioned, and that was good to see because they weren't hitting him at all during camp. Uh, he said it's been a while since he's been hit, and he got right back up. Um, he's a big kid. He's every bit of six foot three, two 223 pounds, what he's listed at. I mean, you can go 225, 220, whatever. They list him at 223, but he's a big kid. He's well put together. We know he's fast. Um, I wondered how he could take a hit, how he would look after taking a hit. Bounces right back up like nothing happened. Um, seems like a tough kid, so I think those are very good points, Bank. Yeah, no, he's a physical guy, uh, good speed. Um you know, like I say, to me, it's an A-plus performance. He was under a lot of pressure in that game in terms of outside pressure, not so much from FAU, but outside pressure from – he knows how much he means to this team. And that coaching staff knows how much he means to this team. So, you know, pass the first test with flying colors, and, uh, you know, you way you go with Justin Fields. What needs to improve the most, uh, either offensively or defensively? Um, you can name more than one thing, but just what are what are some things that need to improve for this team? Well, first off, it's hard to draw any conclusions from week one. So, you know, any absolutes or any, you know, determinations, you know, come on, it, it's week one. So, to me, I mean, the O-line, I'm always an O-line guy. I'm always, like – seems like negative toward the O-line, but I think it's just that I recognize how important that group is. And do they have to get better? Yes, they have to get better. Does every O-line in the country right now probably have to get better? Yes. O-line is different. You, you could put um, – Marcus Crowley could have got put in that game, and he might have had 20 carries for 150 yards because skill guys, you can throw them right in there and and they can pop. O-line is a different thing. It's five working as one. And so you need all five guys in sync, playing well, and that's not going to happen in week one. It'll happen in spurts, but, you know, I, I think this O-line showed what they can be going forward. So that, that's a group that has to get better for sure. Um, and then, you know, you could be – general and just say everybody's got to get better um you know that performance that they had um second quarter through the fourth quarter is is not not going to win you the big 10 and but you don't expect that in week one so you know if i have to be specific with a position group probably every week we talk dave i'm going to say O line it's got to get better um but all in all i think ryan day had to be pleased and i think the high state fans i think should be very pleased right now 
Cincinnati Bearcats coming to town on Saturday, another high noon kickoff. Bearcats beat UCLA in their opener 24-14. to um, As you've mentioned before on the show, I think you know what Luke Fickle's going to do, what his game plan is going to be coming in here. Um, just what do you expect this Saturday, Bank? Well, I think Cincinnati's going to come in here loaded for absolute bear. And, you know, Ohio State really was ready to play against FAU, and it showed. I mean, that was a team that was – you know, chomping at the bit to get out and play and play well, and and they come out of the block so well, and they're going to have to do that again this week because Cincinnati is going to come at them. Where FAU was very tentative the other day in the first quarter, and I don't know if it was Kiffin's comments that we're just coming up to get our check and we shouldn't be playing this game. Well, you're not going to get those kind of comments out of Luke Fickle. Those guys are coming, and they're coming to win. Now, do they have enough talent to beat Ohio State? I, I would question that. You know, do they have enough uh, whatever, you know, to, to hang in there and make it a close game and survive to the fourth quarter? They just might, you know. So Ohio State is going to have to match that intensity. This is a game that Cincinnati has circled for a long time. This is a game that they took time out to prepare for, you know, last spring, anytime they were together this summer, and certainly since they got together as a team in the fall. So, you know, this team's coming loaded for bear. This is a game Luke Fickle wants to win probably more than any game he's ever been in in his life, and Marcus Freeman's going to be the same way. So I think if Ohio State can match that intensity and, and match the want to that Cincinnati's going to have, then I think Ohio State's going to be fine. If Ohio State comes in and sleep sleepwalks this game, they're going to get hit in the mouth. And, you know, so that's the thing for me. You know, if Ohio State's on point and ready to go and you get you get the team that was in the first quarter against FAU, they should not have a problem with Cincinnati. If you get the team that played quarters two through four, then this could be a game that gets into the fourth quarter and it's kind of interesting. So we'll see. I want to end the show talking about recruiting. It's been kind of quiet on the recruiting front. Anything that you can pass along that's interesting on the recruiting front for the Buckeyes? You know, not not really. I think they have identified um, their needs. I think they want a pass rusher. I think they want another corner. I think they're definitely going to take a second quarterback, and I think that's been explained to Jack Miller. And, And the most important thing that I'm looking at is this running back situation where it was almost like they have gone through the whole running back board of America. And I think what they did is they started at the top and they worked their way down, you know, with, with, and I don't think they care who's committed anywhere else or who's uncommitted. It wouldn't matter, but I think they really started sending out feelers and who's interested, you know, who, you know, and it could be the number one running back in America that's committed to Georgia if that guy shows any interest or any chance of wavering, he goes on the board. And if, and if they get a, I'm not interested, please don't call me again, you remove them. But I think they've, they've got a lot of names in place right now. And you see who's interested and who's not, and then you start your list and you go back out there and you hammer it like you did, you know, in the spring. They still need to get this running back situation solved and – Nobody has signed anything yet. So everybody's a potential recruit for them. So that's what's going to be interesting. They've contacted so many 
running backs recently, and now you got to see who shows up on campus. That's when the rubber meets the road. Is when you see when you see an official visitor show up, then you know it's serious. Great stuff from Bill Bank Green, as always. Appreciate it, Bank, and appreciate all the listeners for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.